probably about three years ago is when I realised I myself was struggling with some mental health issues, but so were my peers. And it was just completely normal and everyone has their own version of it. Today's chat is with entrepreneur and founder of Bianco Jewelry, Belinda Madanini. Joining us from WA a few weeks ago, Belinda talks to us about how her self-started business has found its way into the world of mental health, how she came to recognise her own struggles, and why you can't let yourself get too caught up with trying to maximise every single mindfulness exercise that's out there. I have to be mindful of not setting too many mindful tasks because then that just adds to my workload as well and my mental load. So as much as I would love to do daily meditations and journaling and all that, I'd find it almost like another job I have to do. And then when I miss a day, I start to stress about that. But um, yeah, that's, that's what works for me. She is 100% spot on and we loved having Belinda on for this episode of The Women of Words, where the little conversations can make the biggest differences. All right, well, yeah, Belinda, thank you very much for uh, for coming on board the Women of Words. We're very excited, I guess, to have this conversation. First foray, I suppose, into the fashion world for the Women of Words podcast. We've spoken to a, uh, a couple of the guys from Mendel, which is a, a, a clothing brand down here in Melbourne that do some amazing work for mental health. So it's really cool to open the floor again to the fashion side of things and, and speak to you and learn more about your, your jewellery brand, Bianco. Well, thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. I think it's we, we might just jump straight in and and, and go back to the, the beginnings of, of Bianco and I suppose even before that, we maybe we start with you um, and, and learn a little bit about you and your background and the, the yeah, your life up until now and, and getting into the jewellery industry. That'd be great to uh, yeah, great to jump straight in. Well, it's family business is in the jewellery industry so mum and dad have got a um a retail store in the city um and yeah just kind of just growing up with it just being around the dinner table conversations you know finishing school getting the bus into the city waiting for mum and dad to finish work just playing and (laughs) playing behind the cabinets and playing with the stock Mm. and just it's just sort of become um second nature really just understanding design and manufacturing and mostly I guess like customer service and satisfaction as well so um yeah it's always been a part of my life but I mean when I finished school I didn't want to go into the family business that was one thing I really didn't want to do I think just almost out of spite I was like it's too Mm. easy I want to do something else so I went and did a commerce degree and then went into um, events and marketing um, event marketing and then that sort of led me into working into a few for a few not-for-profit organisations. Um, and after several years of doing that, I realised I didn't want to be the one running the show. I wanted to be buying the tickets and going to the shows. Um, and so I just kind of thought, what can I do that will allow me to have a little bit more of a relaxed lifestyle, but also run my own show. I was just so used. I enjoyed being able to um, kind of work on my own time and. Um, yeah, so I just kind of thought, what I what can I do that will almost give me like the lifestyle that I want? So I was at a point that it was kind of the reverse. It wasn't so much what is my work gonna like, give me what lifestyle. It's what lifestyle can I do that I what can lifestyle can I achieve, and what work can I do to to kind of um, allow that? So 
I thought, okay, well, jewelry is easy. I know jewelry. What can I do with that? Online business. Yep. I'll run it from home. Um, it'll be great. I'll be able to, you know, like sleep in in the morning, check a couple of emails, take the dogs for a walk, answer mm-hmm. some emails, um, couple of, you know, pack some orders and that'll be it. But instead it's like 24 seven every day of the week, <laughs> living and breathing it. But, um, you know, I love it. So it just kind of fell into place. Um, it started off as just as a hobby. Um, I was working at the time um, for another company and then left there and I was like, Dad, all right, I'm back in the jewellery game. Um, <laughs> can you give me a job? And so I was working with him for a couple of years and then started Bianco on the side and then it slowly grew and grew and I dropped days with Dad and then now it's a full-time thing. Yeah. It's such a cool trajectory I think I know Liam and I have both been bitten by the entrepreneurial bug and different times and just thinking about that like lifestyle design I guess around your Mm. around your work and sort of like yeah like exactly what you've said you know reverse engineering a job out of a lifestyle that you want and it is kind of I guess it's probably a little against the grain and it's not the way things have always been done so yeah it's a bit of a bold step to take do you think you were sort of destined to go that direction I think I was always destined to have my own business of sorts I didn't know what that was going to be but even just even at uni I was kind of you know in all the social clubs and running events and running shows and I just loved being involved and but also doing it on my own time and in my own way but learning so much from having from working for other people um, learning strategies and, and learning to work in a team I think has led me to kind of where I'm at now but um yeah I think I was always going to be doing my own thing it's great I yeah I like the sort of the drive I suppose that's the thing that stands out to me is that you knew from from the start that you didn't want to be in the family business and you wanted to do your own thing and it's a big call especially you know like you mentioned that you after school you were you know you're hanging around the shop and you're just sort of soaking it all in and you probably the easy thing would be to just go oh you know what this is I can do this this is cool yeah let's let's do it that's me for the rest of my life sort of thing so yeah the drive and I guess the courage to go uh yeah sorry dad sorry mum you know <laughs> I want to give it a crack for a bit and and you know getting into the the business side of things and study as well is is always going to be beneficial I, I 100% say I don't like to say I've got any regrets but I wish that I did some business study at uni in some way I have no idea about anything in the business world. And I, I wish I did. That's the one thing I really wish um, I I got into because, yeah, <laughs> I'm a teacher and people ask me what I should do. I'm like, I have no idea. Do You figure it out. Do your thing. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it's a, really, it's a really cool thing. And, you know, it's led you to Bianco and the, I guess, the messaging behind the, the, the story of Bianco as well is something really powerful and poignant and in terms of the... Uh, you know the stroke the support for struggles faced by women and in local world and, and internationally as well is was that always part of your I guess business strategy I, I suppose you know in building Bianco you did you want it to be a platform for change and and, and conversation uh not originally I guess when I started it I didn't really know what it was going to be I um went against everything that I learned in marketing and I started a business without a business plan and no, like no vision. I was just going to let it grow organically. And I think that's why it took off was because I, it, 
didn't matter so much if I didn't make a sale on a particular day because it was just a hobby at that point. Mm. So mm. I sort of just let it become what it wanted to be. Um, and then it was probably about three years ago that um, I realised, hey, we've got a pretty good community here of like-minded women. Why not use this platform to raise awareness and um, basically communicate what what's going on in the world and share our opinions and and just start a conversation and so that's kind of where the Bianco for Change um, began and yeah it's just grown from there and now we've kind of integrated it into one of our sort of core pillars um, not only change but just also opening that conversation and normalizing things like mental health and struggles faced by mostly Australian women because that's our community but also mm. just bringing awareness and light to situations across the world. Mm, 100%. I like that. And there's a couple of things in that and I kind of want to jump back just a little bit, but you talk about, you know, the mostly being, you know, sort of directed and and a little more pointed towards the Australian female community. And it it raises a really good point because it's something that Liam and I spoke about when we first started the podcast. We were like, well, mental health is such a broad topic. It's such a broad spectrum of topic covering all sorts of people all over the world, all different genders, different sexualities, different race, whatever it is. And so we were kind of like, wow, it's a big thing to try and, you know, condense and and have a concise conversation about. And that's where having a more pointed version of it, i.e. just, you know, this is Liam and I, not as professionals, but just talking about our experience and learning from other people's who've had shared similar experiences. So like narrowing that scope down, I think is a really beneficial thing. And it's not an exclusive thing in any way it's not to exclude at all and I'm and I'm and I know you guys would would value that absolutely as well so yeah I just that's commendable I like that that's sort of the attitude you have because I know that's something that Liam and I definitely really share I am curious because you mentioned about sort of three years ago when this uh sort of transitioning into this this uh sort of little more philanthropic version of Bianco sort of began and um I'm curious as to if there was if that came about by anything in particular or if it was, or I guess more broadly, if you yourself were someone that had a pretty good understanding and was quite open to, I guess, the trials and tribulations of mental health from a young age, because I guess for some context, you know, I'll talk about myself only really coming to accept that it was something that we were all just on the sliding spectrum of a couple of years ago and was pretty ignorant to it before that you know so it's been a pretty steep learning curve I guess for me so I'm curious what yours was like yeah I think um I have to completely agree and it wasn't until you've just said that I've realized that probably about three years ago is when I realized um I myself was struggling with some mental health issues but Mm. so were my peers and it was just completely normal and everyone has their own version of it. Um, and so personally mine was, it took me a while to sort of recognize it, but I would get to the end of the week and we would have, you know, the weekend full of social events and I'd be like, I don't want to do any of them, but each one was like, you know, good friends, birthdays or engagement Mm -hmm. parties or weddings. And I just wanted to stay home and like hide my face. And Mm -hmm. for me, I realized it was my mental load was just, overloaded basically like I was just doing way too much in the week that when it came to the weekend I just had no mental capacity to take on those social conversations and I hated being that person that you'd go out and then I was quiet and just didn't really want to talk and I was sort of in myself but that was because I was decompressing from the week and I just hadn't had a chance to sort of process everything that happened in that one week and then all of a sudden I was put in a social situation where I had to be like 
all happy and excited and chatting about everything else. So I think for me, it was acknowledging at that point that, okay, this is something that I'm going through. But then talking to my girlfriends, they all felt exactly the same way. But just, you know, we all just put on a brave face, went to these things socially and then went home and were like, oh, you know, that was, I'm fine now that I'm there, but it just built up so much anxiety going. Um, And then again, speaking to then um, people within the industry and just realizing that everyone was on the similar, like you said, a sliding scale. One day you're totally fine. The next day it's not so great. And having some influencers and celebrities coming out saying that they too suffer from mental health. I guess like mental health has always kind of had a bit of a, like um, a stigma attached to it. So now it, just normalising it, it's just making it okay. So And everyone's got different versions of it and dealing with it in a different way too. No, 100%. And it's cool because I think that that message and that idea for it to be coming from, I guess, like places that, you know, people might not necessarily expect, you know, I guess some advice, well, advice is a, is a sketchy term at the best of times, but, you know, just that, like that positive message around mental health coming from, you know, from a company like yours, it might not be where people would expect it to come from, but the fact that you're hearing it, you realize how broad it is and how many people out there are like on that same team of making these conversations more normal and, you know, and just making mental health something that we're all we're all aware of and understanding of and empathetic of so yeah it's it's cool like the uh the varying avenues that it can come from and yeah and the, the jewelry company is no exception so it's really awesome i want to i want to ask a little bit more about the i guess the the platform of bianco for change and um there's a couple of aspects that i've seen just from from doing a bit of research and obviously yeah trying to trying to learn as much as i can before getting a chance to speak to you belinda and um, I, I've seen that you know a portion of each sale goes towards a charity um, of choice by the purchaser. I think, or you know, select a couple of select charities that they can choose from. Um, and also, is there sort of like a like a blog um, or, or communication channel that they can that customers can look at as well? Yeah, so we've got the lifestyle hub, um, and that we use to. It's like a blog, but we will um, chat to yeah, influencers or even during COVID, you know, we spoke to a, a psychologist to give some tips. Um, just, yeah, sort of everyday topics, topics that you would have with your friends um, mm. were things that I would end up pitching to um, my team and being like, oh, let's, you know, let's do a, a blog piece on this because it's something that I'm interested in and my peers are interested in. We just had a chat about it. So I would assume that our community would be interested in it too. No, excellent. And, it, and it, again, it provides an easy avenue for someone who might be sitting at home and and trying to find a way to begin the conversations or, or you know, find that little that little gem that they've been missing and, um, you know, stumble across, you know, something so simple as, as a, you know, the, the simplicity of a blog. You know, it's something that we can just talk about and then put a few words down on paper and we don't really think much of it, but it's, yeah, the similar to these conversations, one person out there might read it and, and go, oh, that's exactly what I needed. Um, I think really importantly as well, the, the psychologist during COVID, I mean, we bounced on it and a good friend of, of the shows, Dr. Kieran Kennedy, a few times last year in, in the first couple of lockdowns and just his like, his simple wisdom about like, it's all good, you know, understand it, accept the feelings you know, work with your own feelings. It really reassured and it made things a little bit less 
wild, I suppose, and, and uncertain because, you know, like the world of COVID is uncertain, but the feelings we're feeling don't have to be uncertain. We can sort of control those. So providing an, a simple avenue for um, for your community to, to look at is, is really important as well. And I want to know a little bit about the, the charities and how you've chosen the charities or... Um, you know, the partnerships you formed with them as well. So with that particular one, we partnered with um, the social enterprise I Equals Change. So they are a platform that basically allows companies to to donate a dollar from every sale to a charity. You shortlist three charities. Um, you can change them out over time. But what we've picked is three um, charities that support women in Australia um, primarily. Um, so we've got... Um, protect a woman so that provides shelters for women escaping domestic violence um, we've got given you starts so that is um, helping women achieve financial independence and then beyond blue who's not obviously just female but does support females with suffering from mental health so they were three ones that um, really stood out to me there was there's so many you can support um, but particularly I just felt that they were they resonated the most with our community um, and the feedback's been great. People are loving it and often will donate further than the $1 so they can they see that $1, they can pick which charity they're going to pick to, but then they can also opt to donate more um, and it's been great. Yeah, I love it. Let's um, jump into maybe your new collection, uh, Lucent. I read it that it means to give off light. So the collection is is about, you know, not this exactly what we're talking about, normalising and, and destigmatising mental health conditions so yeah I'd love to hear the the story behind that one as well yeah so I it it was a long time in the making um it probably was about six months it took me to to develop this one because again it's just so it's it's a tricky notion to kind of communicate especially through jewelry but essentially I guess in the past like mental health has always had like an ugly notion attached to it but we really wanted to make it sort of beautiful as well and and we used gemstones for this particular collection as gemstones particular gemstones have got different meanings um and often they're used for healing powers or energies um that are can be associated to mental health and mental conditions um yeah so we selected six of the ones that stood out the most to us um and then designed them into pendants and rings and the idea behind it is that on any given day, depending how you're feeling, you might choose a particular gemstone um, that will channel that energy of how you're feeling. And and what I would what I really loved the idea behind it was that without saying anything, another Bianco customer could recognize that someone is wearing one of those pendants or the rings and be like, you know, hey, they must be today they're struggling a little bit with um you know, mental clarity and so they've picked an, an amethyst to wear and, and that's helping them or struggling with relationships and so garnet is what they've chosen. Um, and it's kind of that like not secret club but like just that acknowledgement where you can recognise someone else wearing one and it's kind of you, you're wearing it as like a almost like a badge of honour as well because mm. you're proud enough to say, hey, this is me today and this is what I need um, and so I'm happy to, to wear it and and yeah, get what I need from these particular stones or these pieces of jewellery. So, um, yeah, that's that was kind of behind it. And we include little, like, meaning cards with the pieces when we send them off so people can use them as sort of reminders as well. 
um, whether they keep them as bookmarks or whatnot, but it just goes along quite nicely with the, um, the pieces and kind of it's good for gifting as well. That's cool. It's really funny and what, I'm going to do something really amazing here, Belinda. I'm going to do some mind reading and I'm going to say exactly what Liam Murphy's thinking right now because I literally know exactly what he's about to say. <laughs> we, um, when we were chatting to our mates at Mendel, which is the uh, like a Melbourne lifestyle apparel brand, they do um, uh, and they have it's a not-for-profit company so all their money goes back into mental health causes. Their their idea and their almost this answer almost mirrors exactly what you just said. It is like you know it's not as though it's a podcast where you're having a conversation and you can easily communicate these ideas and what you're thinking and feeling and stuff. But to be able to do it through you know a silent medium, i.e., doing it through fashion, it's um yeah it's a much it's a it's a different it's and obviously a lot more in depth sort of thing. But they spoke they talked exactly about the secret handshake to be able to walk down the street see someone in some Mendel gear and then to know like, oh, okay, this person, yeah, is obviously at some point a little bit aware, you know, is, uh, you know, is obviously a supporter of, you know, all things mental health and stuff. So, yeah, I just, I find that so funny that that's the, uh, the same trajectory that you took with yours as well. Great minds. Yes. <laughs> I'll give you a, I'll give you an eight out of 10 for mine. <laughs> but the jewellery side of things is, I think it's completely different because not only can it be, you know, a fellow Bianco customer that goes, oh, you know, they're wearing the amethyst or the, you know, um, whatever the gemstone they chose for that day. But it could also, you know, it can also attract the attention of someone going, oh, that's a really nice ring you're wearing. Mm. What What's that? Or, you know, I love your necklace. What is that? And, um, and then that's another avenue into starting the conversation as well. So, you know, it, there's the secret handshake, the secret head nod that, uh, yeah, I know that's a Bianco piece and that's awesome, but there's also the, it opens the conversation. It can help start that conversation as well. I've had customers who have said that they had a friend that was going through a tough time and so they sent them a particular gemstone as just like, hey, I'm thinking of you and I thought this might help and they can layer it, add it onto an existing necklace or um, ring stacks or whatever and it can just kind of blend into their daily wardrobe mm. and their daily look um, without screaming too much like, this is, you know, this is the mental health collection. It's mm. like, yeah, that, that mm. silent or secret handshake, um, yeah. which is exactly what I was going for. And it's also a really easy way for someone to keep accountable to themselves as well, I suppose, in, in that, you know, they choose one, like you said, the energy from these gemstones, it might, the one particular one might attract someone on the, on any given day. And, you know, you might be like, oh, I want to, I want to wear that one today. And then, you know, having the the meaning cards with with the jewelry that you send out, they could be like, oh, you know, looking into it and going, oh, okay, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm I need a bit of courage today, so that's maybe why I chose that one. So today, I'm going to use this as a reminder to to say yes to a few different things, or you know, like it's it's that personal accountability as well. It's really cool. Exactly, it's that daily reminder. You can almost use it as like a, a shield or your armor. You know, if you want to, yeah, you know, just <laughs> take what you need from it. Absolutely, like the bit of a nerd in me the green lantern ring you know <laughs> Murph come on mate what We're did we say what did we say about talking about the green lantern on the podcast <laughs> I just love Ryan Reynolds so much <laughs> he's actually one I was reading up about who has been really open about his mental health he has yeah I thought that was really interesting I like he is someone that I would oh, I would love to sit in the room with him and just chat I feel like he could he'd have you in stitches but he'd have you in tears as well I feel like he just seems like a genuine human being 
Yeah. And I find it really like that, his like relationship with Hugh Jackman and like the bickering, but they're like best mates and yeah, I feel like that is probably, there's a connection there that probably pushed Hugh, uh, Ryan Reynolds to, to speak up because I know Hugh Jackman's such an advocate for, for speaking and being, you know, emotional and I wonder if that has anything to, sorry, I'm just, the choo-choo <laughs> trains off in another direction, I apologise. But I'm again, just back. like all it takes is for a celebrity to normalise it or have that, you know, be open about that conversation and then other people are like, oh, yeah, I feel like that too. And, mm-hmm. I'm curious, Belinda, with your, along this line, I guess, you know, in the, um, through your work with the community hub that, that you've set up and the conversations that you've been able to start with different people, it, obviously with your, I guess, access and proximity to like the world of, of influences, as you've said, and with a few of those people being in the community and undoubtedly it's, I guess it's a big part of like, you know, the, the work that you do as well. That like, that's a world that I guess is still a little, uh, a little foreign to, to myself. And we haven't really had a chance to talk to anybody, I guess, that's, I guess, solely in that, in that arena. And, but I can only imagine that that, you know, sort of having a chance to really sit down and talk to some people that are, you know, that that's their, a big part of their lives has been a pretty eye opening experience and must've, yeah, sort of opened up what I can only imagine would be a bit of a minefield for, uh, for one's mental health sometimes. Yeah, hundred percent. And I guess it's just that constant scrutiny as well. So literally I even, I'm, I mean, We've got a, a pretty decent um, following on, mm-hmm. but nothing compared to some of these influences. And I'm still second guessing everything I'm posting or what I'm saying because whatever you say, there'll be someone that disagrees with you. Whereas my platform is quite small compared to others who, you know, they end up sharing, um, you know, they'll take screenshots of what people send them in direct messages. And I'm just like, how can you deal with this every day? It's just, awful and so it just um yeah they got to put on a really brave face and just kind of cut it out like tune out the the haters really and it's that's been such an interesting learning for us I guess in you know in our conversations I guess I mean an example that stands out is talking to people in like the professional sporting world because you know for whatever reason people just bin their manners the second that they're at a football game or the second that they're talking to, you know, an A-League player or something online and will just berate them in the most awful and personal ways. And it's like, well, you wouldn't say this to someone to their face, (laughs) you know, like, but all of a sudden you've got the courage of a lion when you're on Mm. on Instagram. Mm. And, And I guess it kind of did maybe, maybe it surprised me a little, I guess, to, to realize like how aware of it, that these different like football players or soccer players were and like how in, in the same way that like we're all, you know, well, I won't speak for you, Belinda, but I can easily speak for myself for the last two years addicted to my phone. And it like, it's so hard, like, or it's so easy to fall into the trap of just like being on social media and really engrossing yourself in it. But then, and so like, yeah, that's not impossible for like influencers to, you know, block out or for, you know, elite sports people to, to block out. Like it's really, it's not as easy as like, I just don't look at it, I suppose, you know, because that's not really, that's not how we're wired to react to these things. So yeah, I don't know. I just find that whole thing amazing that people have the the, the uh, resilience and the stones to stand up to that sort of stuff. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. I'm so thankful that social media wasn't a thing when I was in high school. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, 
I don't know if I'd be who I am today if I had to go through all that. I, no doubt. Like, I even absolutely myself, like, I, I, I've spoken in the past about, you know, we didn't have Instagram when we, you know, I sound old, but we didn't have Instagram when we were in high school. But I had, you know, I had reservations about my body image as a 15, 16 year old kid without the pressures of social media and, you know, getting hundreds of likes on a photo sort of thing. Like, I can only imagine how much worse I would have been if I was sitting on Instagram as a 15-year-old. It would have absolutely smashed me. Absolutely. It's crazy. It's crazy. I want to I wanna jump back onto Lucent for a, for a bit and ask you a bit of a, might be a tricky one as the, I guess, the creator of it all, but what, do you have a favourite piece of the, of the Lucent collection that you go to or your, your, your go-to? I have said this before, but the opal is probably my favourite. Um, that's just, you would wear it for courage, um, which I find obviously useful in social situations. But today I've got my um, aquamarine on, which is to wash me with like calming feelings because we've had a very busy week and mm. I've got a busy weekend ahead as well. And so just to remind myself, just, you know, take a breath. <laughs> it's mm. okay. I want to, wanna, on that maybe in terms of, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, the, the social anxiety and, you know, the overload of, of a big week at work and getting to the weekend. And, you know, you, you mentioned just then about wearing the aquamarine to remind yourself to, to chill out a little bit and take it backwards a step. What are, what are some of the strategies that you, uh, I guess, use for yourself other than, remind, you know, wearing your jewellery to remind yourself? What are the strategies you go, you go to to, yeah, to put that in place? Um. I've got a few different ones. Exercise is one um, that I try and do. I go, I've got couple, got two dogs, so go for a couple of walks a day, um, which I find really good. And just like Pilates classes, because that's 45 minutes that I'm listening to someone else and I don't have, I'm not allowed to listen to my own mm. thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try and do them, lock them in each week and just go to them without even thinking. I have to be mindful of not setting too many mindful tasks because then that just adds to my workload as well and my mental loads so as much as I would love to um, you know do daily meditations and journaling and all that I find it almost like another job I have to do and then when I miss a day I start to stress about that but um, a girlfriend of mine actually bought me a bullet journal recently and Mm. um, some beautiful pens and 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 tapes and stickers and and for me that makes a lot more sense because that means I can you know digest everything in my in my head and put it down on paper and and rather than creative writing and, and writing how I'm feeling I'm making lists of things to do and planning out my week and and for me that that helps a lot more and then just yeah trying to eat well and, and sleep sleep's a big one as well um I I know as well if I start getting those waking up the, on a day and I'm feeling super anxious I'm just I can acknowledge it I'll tell my husband I'll be like it's one of those days just so you know um, and then I just have to go about things in my own way and it will, it will sort itself out. But I think just acknowledging it um, and everyone's got their own way of dealing with it um, and there's not one one trick solution. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what works for me. Um, and just also acknowledging, like, if I've got a really busy week and a really busy weekend, just say no to a few things and change a few times around just to give myself a break. Being able to say no is such a huge thing and I suppose it that's part of the anxiety for, I know for myself, I get anxious about saying no to people because I, you know, you don't, one, you don't want to miss out on, on a bit of fun, but you know, two, I, I, I hate letting down people. So 
saying no to a few things really scares me. Um, the other thing that that stood out to me then is you mentioned not not setting too many mindfulness tasks for your for your day or your week is is something that's really important for you. I think that's often overlooked in terms of you know we, we hear so much now about you know you have to journal, you have to meditate, you have to get your eight hours sleep, you have to do this X Y Z, and it start it is overwhelming to go like oh shit you know like I don't do four out of the six things they've said so I need to tomorrow I'm going to hit all six but it is it becomes another it becomes more tasks harder things to do more to fit into the day then you're losing your sleep like it's yeah it's full on so I think that was that was a really valuable I guess bit of advice that you just mentioned in not setting too many things because it's something I probably have to check in on a little bit as well yeah and I think it just depends it comes down to the person so for me I'm always on the go. I've got the biggest monkey brain. I'm just constantly thoughts processing, overanalyzing. And so to have to add more jobs or tasks to my day, it's just too much. But for other people, it's their way of processing. So um, just acknowledging that as well. I mean, I love each, I love it when I do it. It's just, but if I tell myself I have to do it every day, then it becomes a chore. And then I feel guilty when I miss a day Mm. and it makes me a bit stressed (laughs) out. Yeah. At a certain point, it defeats the purpose if you're, like, adding to your anxiety because you missed your anti-anxiety routine. It's kind of, yeah, it becomes a little redundant, doesn't it? Part of the conversation that we've been really enjoying with the Women of Words once is we're really trying to use this as an opportunity, I guess, to sort of share ideas and, and get, you know, I guess from, you know, outside the male perspective on men's mental health as well, which is, um yeah, which is, yeah, like we said, a big part of this conversation. And... I guess as maybe like a like a bit of a jumping off point for that little for for that part of the conversation, I am keen to sort of jump back to something you said uh, about your sort of realization and coming to the understanding that you were perhaps you know struggling with your mental health a little bit in that though few years ago, and you talked about uh, like being able to have that conversation with your mates and like being able to just throw it out there, say what you said and, 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 you know, and how, however that was sort of handled with, I'm sort of keen to dive into that a little bit because that, you know, I guess that's a, that's a circumstance that perhaps isn't quite as easy in the, in the male world for the most part. Um, I like, I'll, you know, I'll asterisk that by saying that's something that Liam and I have been so lucky to have cultivated, you know, in ourselves and, and, and that we, that has been cultivated in our friends as well, that we have these really safe spaces and it's just, invaluable but I'm curious as to yeah like what your experience was of like maybe for the first time yeah like talking to someone about the fact that you were were struggling in this way or when you were coming to realize that I think um you had I had to pick the right people first those that you felt Mm -hmm. really safe with um and also friends that just knew me well enough to be like Mm -hmm. okay what's going on (laughs) and then once you sort of open up and sometimes you just can't make sense of it it's just like I'm feeling really off today or this is not a good week for me um saying it out loud and they're like okay cool like let's you know let's go for a walk or um what's on your mind let's just have a chat and often by the time you finish having the conversation you forgot like you feel so much better and Mm. um yeah I'm lucky enough to have girlfriends that sort of just check in if they haven't heard from me for a while they'll be like all right, what's going on? <laughs> and that's because I've like, I haven't replied to group messages or any messages because I've been too busy doing other things. They're like, hang on, we're still here. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, that's 
really like I'm lucky enough to have girlfriends to do that with. I do have um, a best guy mate as well who we've we've been best friends for years. So he's really great to talk to, and and he's got his own things going on as well. So we kind of use each other, but um, definitely the girlfriends speak to more so. Um, but yeah, touching on the the idea of um, guy, it's a bit harder for guys, I guess, um, or less common. I think since sort of owning my my anxiety um, and being aware of it and recognizing it in other forms with Matt, my husband, I might, you know, we'll be out somewhere and I'll see one of his mates. I'll be like, I think something's up with him. You should take him for a beer and have a chat. And he's like, really? What? No, he's fine. I'm like, nah, I think there's just, I'm getting a vibe, you know, like, and he'll mm. be like, oh, okay. And then he'll catch up and he'll be like, oh yeah, you know, he's really stressed with work and, and stuff like that. So it's more about just, you know, opening your eyes or, or picking up on those social cues and then acting on them as well. Just making sure your mates are okay. I love that so much. The, mm-hmm. the, something I'm, and you know, Michael would probably echo the sentiment of what I'm about to say. We, we've, we're both in really long-term relationships and both engaged as well to our beautiful partners. And one, one thing that I, I guess over the last couple of years of since, since learning about my own anxieties and, and learning to understand and, and work with them and then starting similarly to what you said in picking up a few different cues from other people, one thing that will always amaze me about Amy is that she she often, I, I sort of pride myself now on being able to say like, oh, yeah, I can tell when my mates are down, but she'll often beat me to the, to the punchline and, you know, she'll be like, hey, similar. You, you need to go chat to them. You need to go have a beer. Um, and it, and I'll, I'll be like, what? No. And then I'll start have a think and you're like, oh, you know what? Actually, I can I can pick that up now. So uh, it's it's so so valuable, I feel, for for a male to have their partner being able to call them out and on, on their mates as well, um, you know, not not push to to make a change or, you know, push to push them to reach out to them, but sort of just like that, that subtle hint that you mentioned the example there, you know, like saying to, to Matt, you know, I think you should do it, you know, it might be a good idea to, to touch base there. So it's, I, yeah, I 100%. I think that support and having that support of a partner or, or, or a, um, a best mate as well to, to lean on to be able to say, that, you know, understand those cues that you might miss on, on the normal um, is really important. Yeah, definitely. You, you mentioned you had a, a really close um, guy mate that you, you spoke to as well. And I'm interested to know if, um, if you, you if you can have the conversations as easily with him as you can with your girlfriend. This particular mate, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about anything. Um, we've been friends for, gosh, I don't even know, 12 years. We've lived together. Um so, yeah, he's one of my best mates. We don't speak nearly as often as I would like to, but once we're on a roll, it'll be hours long and, you know, just – and we can kind of have a sense for when something's up as well, um, that sixth sense, so we mm. just check in with each other. But, um, no, he's great. Um, yeah. He's helped me through a lot and hopefully I can do the same for him. <laughs> no doubt. I'm sure you are. I think it, that that really is – it's cool that you mentioned, you know, you don't speak as, as often as you'd like to, but – I think that's the difference between a mate and a friend. And, you know, we, we put an episode out recently with Gus Warland, um, a guy who has done amazing work in the mental health field um, and he's got his organisation Gotcha for Life and he talks about having those that core group of friends that you can go to no matter what and be able to 
have these conversations with. But he sort of spoke about the difference between having a mate and a, and a friend and, you know, being able to say like, you know, if you're friends with someone, you don't have to be able to see them every single day to know that they've got your back um, and you've got their sort of thing. So I think that, you know, we all, we all wish probably that we could spend more time with, with some people that than we do. And I think it's still important to acknowledge the fact that you can, you can have those relationships and friendships with people and not have to see them every single day, but still offer the same, same value. Um, yeah, it's really important. And I think, um, I mean, everyone these days is a time poor as well, you know, like if you're in long-term relationships, you've got kids or running businesses or working so so many hours that when you do spend time with your friends or with people, you sort of want to be around people that, you know, use the analogy of filling your cup. You want to walk away from that catch-up feeling really good and inspired or, you know, just happy. So I am also conscious of when I do make time for people, selfishly I'm, I prioritise those that I'm going to get something from and feel really great from that or feel like I can give something back to them as well. Mm. Depositing and withdrawing, I'm pretty sure some very smart person said to me not that long ago, which is, um, yeah, that's absolutely how it is. Um, Belinda, I think uh, I've probably just got a couple more things that I'm, that we're keen to just sort of ask. I um, I'm uh, I'm interested. Call it, let's call it like a little bit of lifestyle design, a little bit of manifestation, uh, somewhere in the between those. I'm I'm curious to know, like, what I guess your sort of hopes for the like hopes for the future as far as Bianco goes, and as far as I guess, yeah, like being you know at relatively at the start of you know, or being in the early days of this really positive direction that you're that you're taking your business in and yeah I'm, I'm curious as to yeah like what you sort of uh what do you what do you see for the future of it and what what's something you'd, you'd love to see have happen oh it's it's so hard like I don't really mm. have a vision for the business exactly because I don't want to pigeonhole myself into something and I want it to just grow organically the thing is it's got legs it's growing without me really like pushing it in a certain direction so I'm just sort of letting it guide itself but um I am in talks with um, some influencers on doing some collaborative collections um, and some of those influencers stand for some really important um, like core values, especially of the Bianco for change. So I'm really excited about getting that off the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and just like I think what's great about, you know, having your own business but also moving everything online, especially because of COVID, is that you have access to so many different people and businesses and, and like-minded, um, yeah, business owners that people want to collaborate and get together and, like, you just can access so many more people and um, share ideas and, and like, I did a collection last year. We um, It was to do with birth flowers. So every month of the year there's a flower that corresponds with that month and so I worked with Paige Toosey, who's a local illustrator and designer, and she hand-drew all the flowers up for each of the months and we engraved them on the necklaces and it makes it, like, completely unique because in the world of jewellery and fashion, there's so many variants of the exact same thing. Um, so people want something that's unique and personal. Mm. Um, so I'm loving those collaborations and working with other creatives um, I find really inspiring. So the more the better for me for that. And I think that's kind of the direction that we'll go. We'll always have like our core collections, but having those little capsules where we've worked with other creatives um, I think is going to be really special and make us a bit more unique. Um, 
yeah, and I guess just like growing and being more accessible and in more stores or worn by more people um, would be great, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, 100%. I like it. It is getting to the point now, though, like I go to the shops and I'll see someone wearing one of my pieces and I'll be That's like, That's cool. Like, That's epic. Or he'll like screenshot someone on, on online and be like, Look what she's wearing. I'm like, Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> see, that must be a cool feeling. That must yeah. be a cool feeling. Seeing just like a punter out there in the world wearing the gear must be nice. Yeah. Or like friends in Melbourne and Sydney who are like, I was just at a cafe and I saw one of this like random girl wearing one of your necklaces. I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Ha, have you ever um, just walked up to someone and played dub? Like, oh, I really like your, really like that neck, the pendant on your you neck. Know, once I was actually at, I was actually oh at my, my parents' store. Um, I wasn't working that day. I'd popped in to grab something and, and one of the staff was like, go out there and have a look at this girl. And so I went out there and she was wearing a few of my pieces and so um, the staff member was like, oh, I love your your earrings <laughs> and your necklace. Where's that from? And she's like, oh, it's from this online brand <laughs> called Bianco. Meanwhile, I'm in the background like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. I like it. Man, I, I don't know if my I don't know if my ego could have resisted going out and doing a victory lap, to be honest. That's um you got you've got the humility down pat, Blinda. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. I think that, you know, that it'd be it would have it, it must have been a really cool feeling that very first time to see. And even on that note, like, um, so Bianca up until this very point has just been me um, until recently. Sorry, I've, I've now got a small team. But any of those little wins, I'd be like, oh, yay. And then I just get back to the next email. Mm, but, like, mm. I'm really trying to um, make a point of, of, like, celebrating them as well and enjoying them and, you know, texting a friend or screen, like, if someone, like, that I love, or like really admire starts following us on Instagram. I'll screenshot it, circle it, send it to my friend group, and be like, "Look, what's, look who's following." <laughs> <laughs> um, so like actually taking you know pleasure in 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 that and and enjoying those small wins and acknowledging acknowledging them as well because I think that's important. Got to stop and smell the roses when they're out. Yeah. <laughs> if we've learned nothing in the last two years, it's to appreciate the little wins. So no, nah, it's a um, it's a good perspective to have. Um, uh. Last thing, Belinda, because we will let you go eventually. A big chat, big conversation <laughs> today. We're grateful for your time. Um, something we do with most of the guests is um, we we like to sort of uh, open up a bit of a like an or like give a bit of an opportunity for a couple of for our guests to sort of skyball a few like hail mary conversations. Like we we always we're always curious about like you know some people that that you might be interested in hearing have a conversation like this and be it somebody from within your life or your industry or something like that. You know, I guess we get a lot of football players saying that they, they sort of like say, oh, you should reach out to so-and-so, our mate, and, you know, and uh, and see if they're keen for a chat. Or like sometimes it can be like the Michelle Obamas of the world and the Baracks and the Michael Jordans and the Hugh Jackmans and the Ryan Reynolds for Murph. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm curious as to if you had like a couple of people that you think would be, uh, yeah, would be enjoyable and would, would be an enjoyable listen for a conversation like this. Look, if you could get Beyonce on, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's pretty high on the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. I, I mean, maybe someone like uh, Olivia Molly Rogers. I think she's amazing in how transparent she is with her mental health. Um, yeah. Even Laura Henshaw and, and those and Steph Claire Smith from the from Kick. I think they're really great um, role models because they can be out there, you know, 
winning Miss Universe, but then at the same time they can be like, I'm having a really tough time today and um, this is how I'm going to deal with it in my own way. Um, and just, like I said, normalising it and I think it's, they're, they're really great. Mm, 100%. Yeah, I think, I mean... Like we, like I said, you know, it's the, it's, it's a big old influencer world out there, and I, yeah, I can, I can only imagine the stuff that these guys have to navigate fairly consistently, and yeah, so yeah, they, they'd all be super interesting conversations. Murph, add them to your list. Yeah, don't to... worry. I <laughs> Olivia, uh, Olivia Molly Rogers has been brought up a handful of times, and it's someone that we would absolutely love to speak to. We actually met her. Michael, I don't know if you remember this, but at the speaking again of Mendel, that their launch a few years ago, oh, they, yeah. Olivia was there. We said so they introduced us and said hello, and I, you know, like since then I've been following her, and you know the the amount of positivity she puts up, and and you know this stuff that she has to deal with. Um, I think one thing that really stood out to me recently, it would have been a couple of weeks ago, someone reached out to her about a, like a diet, uh, like. Sponsor her, her, they wanted to sponsor her with this like diet brand and like a weight loss thing. And she was like, Are you kidding me? Like her story of you know the eating disorder and everything. And she was like, you, If you're going to reach out to an influencer, you need to do your research and know who you're, who you're talking to and, and what they're fighting for. And that really stood out to me. Is like a, it, it made it a really real conversation. So I, I would love to speak to Olivia. So perhaps maybe Olivia, if you're listening. Let's get in touch because that would that would be fantastic for sure. That's it. We'll send this episode her way, quick smart. I'll just straight straight to there. Yeah. yeah. Straight to the, the other thing about, about Liv that I love is how she's doing the whole sobriety. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm not a, a big drinker anyway, but it's great to be able to go somewhere and just be like, oh, I'm, I'm not drinking tonight and not have someone be like, mm. are you pregnant? You know, like mm. why? why are yeah. You drinking? <laughs> like yeah. just to be able to go out and have, you know, oh a couple God. of, Soda waters because you want to wake up fresh the next morning would be yeah. So I think that's amazing that she's doing that um, big time. And she she actually posts I think she like rate she's been rating the alcohol free wines hasn't she? So that's always good knowledge. Yeah, and since she's um well not necessarily because of her but the fact that that's such a booming market I'm loving it because I'm both Matt and I we are both beer drinkers and sometimes on like a hot summer's day it might be a Tuesday night and you just really feel like a beer mm. but there's these great like alcohol free options now mm. that you can still you know, enjoy a drink but not have the alcohol and it's just yeah really cool. I tell you what, they need to make. I need to find an alcohol free sparkling rosé because that has been my go to <laughs> for a little while. Wines are not great. But Linda, the last thing I want to ask you before we say our farewells is we we use this chance to to give a bit of love to a friend or family member or someone that you know you you would perhaps not always have the opportunity to do so. Um, and a, a, a sort of thing that we usually do is ask ask our guests to pick up their phone and call um, a mate and, and give them a blast. I'm not going to put you on the spot like that for now, but I'd love to know if you'd be willing to, you know, call out a mate and, and tell them you love them and why you love them. It's something that men stereotypically we don't do unless we've had a few beers. Um, and the idea, this concept was, was raised or brought to my attention by a bloke named Martin Heppel and he works for an organisation called The Resilience Project um, and it, it's sort of changed my life and and a few of our, our close mates in terms of being able to just say I love you and, and not laugh about it sort of thing. So I'd love to, yeah, 
put it to you whether you'd be willing to yeah call out a mate and, and tell him you love him and and why well I'm glad you didn't want me to call her because she's actually working in like remote community up north um so I'd say might be her. Best. um she's just amazing she's dedicated most of her life to educating um kids in indigenous communities and caught up with her actually last week she was down in Perth but um she's had a, a few months from hell just a lot of personal things going on and she's still there smiling and just giving her all to the kids and um yeah I love her she's great and she always you know she's the first one to message on my birthday and every time she's in Perth she's always hitting me up so um yeah she's great so that would be Jess shout out to Jess love that First birthday message is always a critical one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Belinda, um, yeah, a nice place to leave it. I think thank you so much for the conversation today. We appreciate the uh, appreciate your time and we appreciate the chat. And like we said at the start, it's always, um, yeah, it's always interesting and, and exciting to see where all these different avenues that this positive mental health message is coming from. And, yeah, jewelry is no exception. That's, a, that's another one that... We can add to the list and, yeah, all these little uh, all these little areas and people sort of just fighting the same fight and uh, on the same trajectory and pushing the same really positive message is, is just awesome. So, yeah, just big ups to what you're doing and, and, yeah, thanks for joining us for a chat. Thanks and thanks for having me and thanks also for you guys, to you guys for doing what you're doing and just, you know, having those conversations that are really important. For everybody listening, we hope you enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for all the support of the Women of Words. The little conversations make the biggest differences.